It's like this little dirty little bass line. I don't fucking care. Can we move on to a new segment, please? Yeah! <laughs> Welcome to Just Two Fans, a sports show about sports. Obviously. About life. Because sports are life. And about just whatever the hell we feel like talking about. So, uh, let's go. What is up, everybody? What's good, y'all? I'm Jamie Friedlander, that's Eli Johnson, and Chris Burkhart. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, hey, hey. Fuzz Albert. <laughs> that's how we're starting the episode, folks. That is so how we are starting. Albert action. Can I, can I tell you something? Yes. So I, was, I was telling you guys a little pre-show how... Um, like my apartment is still like a mess because I just really have, I've been so busy over the last couple of weeks that I just really haven't had time to like, like really do like I'm at the nitty gritty point of unpacking right now where it's all just like finding the little knickknack shit that you don't really want to throw away or like very niche use shit that you have, like finding a home for it. And I just really haven't had time to do it. And that includes my cable management for all of my electronics. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, as somebody whose job was cable management for three and a half fucking years, it is driving (laughs) me absolutely insane. I'm looking like at this fucking bird's nest of cables on my desk. And I'm just like, I'm about to flip out. So if I I sound stressed, listener, it's because I am. I feel that stress. We're looking to move currently because I just look around my house and see the amount of projects that it requires and it it gives me anxiety. It's so, too much. It's yeah. too much. Chris Chris did the right thing. He already moved. Yeah. Settled in. Yeah, I already, already lived it. You did it. You did it, but I'm proud of you for that. Hey, good job on the radio the other day for listeners who don't know. Yes. Chris Burkhart, local celebrity, was on AM radio and he did a kick-ass job. He even did a back-ass uh, a backhanded shout out is what that was. <laughs> hey, I was go- I was We're, trying to, but you, they got they got to be natural, and you can't just like shamelessly self promote. He's never going to allow me back on if every single that segment is not true at yeah. all. You <laughs> can shamelessly if he I asks you onto his show, you can shamelessly promote as much as you fucking want. <laughs> Maybe I didn't want to. I mean, clearly, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <It's> like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We, see we how did it is. Get, my friends are texting me asking to give them a high five. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Uh, that was That's it. pretty much verbatim what he said. <laughs> that is exactly what I said. But screw those guys. I hate them forever. And I hope their podcast that I'm not going to name on here dies. <laughs> that's pretty much verbatim what you said on the radio. Yeah, yeah that might have been. That might have been. Now that, <laughs> that was the exact verbiage. Now that I look back at it, that might have been it. That might have been exactly what you said. <laughs> All, All right. right, let's talk about the little amount of sports there were this week. It, this is the shortest rundown I have ever created for this show. So It's tiny. <laughs> we are still going to start with podium. We are. We're going to do our ACC preview because we got to get keep getting into college football. And we got Formula One French Grand Prix preview. That's pretty much it this week. So it. kicking it off with podium. The Open Championship happened over the weekend, and Mm -hmm. it was very entertaining. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. I I I only was able to really watch on uh Saturday, Sunday I was doing stuff and driving and whatnot. So I didn't really get to watch on Sunday. But I did hear that Cam Smith absolutely had the hottest putter of all time in the back nine. Of, uh it was some know. of the most ridiculous golf I've seen in a minute. He I think he birdied four or five holes in a row to kick off the back nine. It's insane. Like Rory was sitting pretty comfortable to start the day. He got off to like a two-stroke lead after eight or nine holes, and he kind of started playing a little conservative. And Cam Smith just went on a fucking tear, and Rory couldn't bounce back. Rory also couldn't buy a putt to save his life yesterday. And it was those putts like it wasn't a bad putt that he hit. It just didn't drop. Yeah, no, I, like from everything I heard is that Rory didn't play poorly. Not by any stretch. He just Cam Smith was that good. And I think it's like it kind of goes along. I think one of the hardest things in sports to do is hold a lead in any sport. I agree. In any sport, the hardest thing to do is if you get up big or even like just get up early. Like, well, they, it's just so hard because you have to put you have to start putting the brakes on a little bit. You can't take the big risks as you're already there. Yeah. Right. They say but when the, you're behind. Fuck it. Why not go for the green? Yeah, they say the the worst lead in hockey is a two-goal lead going into the third period. Because do you keep pressing the gas and give up a cheapie? Or do you play conservative and play defense the entire period? Yeah. And give up. It's it's tough. Oof. You alive? Oh, yeah. It was a good sneeze. Good thing I muted the mic there. Ooh, man. <laughs> Ugh. You guys don't get the destruction, but you get my recovery. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to back to Rory and the king of the mullet. Oh my goodness! Oh, uh, and the porn stash, dude. Yeah, right. Like, porn like, stash and a ha- mullet. Is there? It's a vibe. He might be very near the top of my list of world class athletes, top of their sport, who look the complete opposite of a world class athlete at the top of their sport. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, he looks like he, like he looks like the Tom guy Brady. who. Football. Yeah. But I'm just saying he like he looks like the guy that like has like a PBR in his hand and is walking the 18 watching golf. That's not for sure. Guy, With like a cigarette in his mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Like Wearing a, th- a lot more camo than he any human should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh but back to the back to the open. Go ahead. Go Whoa, ahead. I thought what what Smith and Rory too. I mean, obviously, even though he didn't win, it was right there in the thick of it. I think what made their performances all the more impressive was that course was eating people alive all weekend. It was like, yeah, boy, was eating people up. I mean, I saw a thing. I don't know if you guys saw this during the broadcast. I think it was on day one. That was like the average green at the old course was like twenty two thousand square feet. And that, like, at Pebble Beach, the average green is, like, 3,000 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. Dreams, but they're also incredibly difficult. To yeah, yeah, so this is this Thanks. is what always, um, that I always like about the Open, specifically at St. Andrews, is that course for these guys is so different than anything else we watch them play. Like, there were times, like, Rory hit a 50-yard putt at one point. Not 50 feet, 50 <laughs> yards. And it was a putt. 
and the course was just rock hard. So you guys hitting like 380 yard drives, but the ground is so hard that they can't get their wedge under it. Like they can't get any spin on the ball. So they still knock it over the green because they can't get, you know, it's crazy. Tiger had a 412 yard drive that rolled a hundred yards. Yeah. Like it hit the fairway at that 310 and rolled to 412. That's unreal. Like, <laughs> yeah, they they were playing on concrete. Oh yeah, for sure. Um but it's it's always it's just fun to me to watch these guys play a different brand of golf than you see them play all the time cuz you really get to see their creativity and how talented they are. Um when it comes to like the Eli mentioned it, the putts that Cam Smith hit yesterday, specifically some of the ones from off the green, and in some cases significantly off the green, and just knocked it to two feet every time, was incredible to watch as a golf fan. I also thought with the way the course was playing, what what was really interesting was watching watching some of those tee shots or even the approaches, but where they they were basically putting them into the rough on purpose a lot of the time because with the way the wind was and the way the course was playing, it was a better lie and an easier shot than hitting off the fairway. And it's like, I can go here. And basically it was more like similar to Tiger shot that I just said. It was more like if I go into that rough, I can basically guarantee my distance rather than have to play the luck game and go into a hazard, which was they, they were doing a lot to avoid some of those sand traps. So I was like, Man, I wish my game were good enough where I could just hit into the the rough on purpose because it's going to benefit. I wish I could hit anywhere on purpose, really. You know, uh, I don't don't know if you guys noticed this. Um, Did you notice that the coverage, something in the coverage, if the players who played on the live tournament got almost no coverage? Yeah. Yeah, Dustin Johnson... Was tied for sixth, would never have known. Yeah, I mean, I saw a <laughs> few shots of his yesterday because he was kind of making a charge. But it would, you know, like sometimes when these guys hit a putt or they make a putt, the camera like follows them and you see them set the club down and they like are talking about the player with the camera focused on them for a little bit. It would literally be Dustin Johnson hits the ball and then on to the next like zero talking about DJ or anything like that. None of it. You hear the la- the latest live news? It's on podium, Chris. Okay, I'll be but quiet yes. then. I'll be quiet then. I it's a re- part of I, this podium. I don't, there is I don't, the latest live I news. I don't read um, react. So, Cam Smith won tour. Yeah, great for him. Um, Segway, David Faraday is the latest ball to drop. On the live tour, he's going to leave his NBC contract and join live. I think that's the biggest loss yet. I I, ju- I love listening to David Faraday on broadcasts and him Agreed. not being on PGA broadcasts kind of sucks. Yeah, it's kind of the voice of um, golf for me. So, yeah, that's a yeah, tough one. for me, too. I Weird mean, one. Think about like all the Tiger Woods games. So I saw another rumor, and this is very much a rumor at this point, that Cam Smith may be the next to join the live tour. And the reason is because he now has, with his Open Championship win, he has major championship exemption through 2027. So 
if he joined the live tour, he can play in the major, unless the major championships come out with some sort of rule against the live tour, he can play in all the majors. Hmm. So I'm wondering if we're going to start to see this thing ballooned more than we expected it to. Yeah. At some point, I mean, again, like fiscally, I don't see it. The only right. way that the the only way that it fiscally survives is if it literally overtakes the PGA Tour. Yeah, I, I mean, or which it's or, really or trying to. The, I mean, it's the it's either that or they down their contracts a lot. I I just don't see how you can pay four golfers what over four golfers dollars. they pay like two million dollars or uh, two hundred million dollars. Yeah, right. Like it's just like I I don't see how you can just continually do that. Um, and that, that's only for four guys. Like, And you're trying to get another major champion over there. Like, I just don't see how they're going to have – be able to continue to bleed that kind of money. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I don't have an answer. It's weird because, like, all the other leagues that we talk about, like – no one's going to start up an NFL NFL that competes with the the NFL. No one's going to start up baseball that competes with MLB, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all of a sudden, Liv comes in and Liv competes right off the bat. So that's that's interesting because it's kind of unheard of in 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 sports to tackle the top dog and not only tackle them but sack them pretty good in the backfield. Now they're play, they're forced to play recovery rather than playing with a lead. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the long run because with all the big names going. I think that in and of itself could definitely make it sustainable if it doesn't lose its footing. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see how the chips fall because right now there's just too much unknown. Um, again, I think I think I'm more devastated by David Faraday leaving than any of the other guys that have left. Oh, for at sure. This point for sure. That really sucks. Might get me to watch, though, to be honest with you, because he's such a good commentator. Um, it's hard to not listen to him call golf. It's just great. Yeah, I talked I talked to my coworker who went to the tournament, and she was saying, like, I was like, how was it? She's like, it was totally cool. Like, all the players were so relaxed and, like, really into, like, hang, like talking to the fans and, like, taking pictures and stuff. And I was kind of like, that's cool. It really is, but also that's going to create bad golf, right? If they're like, it's not, you're not going to create the most competitive environment at that point. Yeah. Like if I wanted to go watch weekend warriors play golf, I would just go play golf on the weekend. I don't, I don't need that. I want to yeah. watch the best golfers in the world play the best golf in the world. Yeah. And they, like the way she made it sound is like, there's like totally unfocused. Just like, oh, I've made my I fucking made my dime. Yeah, why do they care? Yeah. I have a guaranteed contract. Fuck it, man. Yeah. I can go out and shoot a million like fucking Phil did a couple weeks ago. Shoot a million. And like, just like, I still fucking made a dollar for every stroke. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just... I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. All right. Uh, baseball news. The home run derby just ended a few minutes ago. Juan Soto beat Julio Rodriguez in the final. So Juan Soto is your 2022 Home Run Derby champ. It's pretty cool him. that a future I mean, Mariner you know. beat a present Mariner. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
I was that would be pretty exciting. Today. I, was see, I was seeing those rumors today that the Mariners are going to make a push for him. That would be pretty exciting in Seattle. Pretty sick, dude. Pretty like, cool for them to win 120 games and lose in the first round. It'll end, it'll end the playoff drought, dude. So <laughs> I'll, I'll say, take it, man. That was the <laughs> last. That was the last it. time they went to the playoffs. So, oh yeah. my god, that's so sad. Last time they went to the playoffs was the 116 win season, and they got bounced in the first round by the Yankees. That is so sad. But I'm just happy that it's right not now. Pete Alonso. That's all I can say. <laughs> that guy's a douche canoe. Ooh, he is. Ooh, so, he is. <laughs> that's all I got there. I, I was rooting for Julio Rodriguez just because I think he's fun to watch and he's going to be for a long time, but so is Juan Soto. Two, Speaking of the Mariners, um, they are now on a 14-game win streak and are now one game ahead in the wild card. So, yeah. what 14 a fucking, game they're, they're, that's they're crazy, They're playing like man. they should have been playing all season, all the I mean, but that's the beauty of baseball right there, right? Like, you can yeah. get off to a slow start, and a hot streak gets you right back in it. Like, if you get out to the kind of start that they got in football, you're fucking toast. You, there's no room for coming back from that. You can get yeah. right back in it unless you're in the AL East. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm... Do you is there a chance? I don't even know what the schedule looks like for all those teams in the second half. Is there any chance that we see every team in a division finishing over five hundred or five hundred or better? I just feel like that's impossible, right? I just feel like it's impossible. Yeah, I'd have to look at the schedule. Yeah, literally every like the Orioles are forty six and forty six. Like every team's five hundred or better. That's insanity the yankees have a near they're 199 <laughs> plus in differential that's this is halfway through the season that's insane yeah, that's insane that's twice as good oh it's uh, yeah, other no. than the dodgers that's twice as good as anybody else oh the dodgers are on a tear too but that was expected Man, that that AL East is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I has that see- ever happened with all teams in a division being five hundred or better at the All Star break? I I don't remember it ever happening. I don't know. I'm not a historian. I like could that. not tell you. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. All I, all I know is I just watched the the Red Sox play a series against the Yankees, and I swear to God, every run was a home run. It's like, oh my god, it's all the Yankees do. Let me right guess. Now. It was at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> oh, good guess, but every run is a home or a run. Pop dude. up is a home run. Got it. Uh, so in 2005, the entire AL East finished over 500. Finished? Yeah. Every ALT oh had less than 500. The, uh, wait, where did it say? Hold on, hold on. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're in 2005, the NL East finished above 500. The Bra- or at or above. The Braves were 90 and 72. The Phillies were 88 and 74. The Marlins were 83 and 79. And the Mets, uh, the Mets were 83 and 79. And the Nationals were 81 and 81. So it can happen. And it has. Wow. It also happened in 2012 AL East, the 2005 NL East, and the 2000 AL West. So that's yeah. Bonkers. Th- that's, there's bonkers. The, there's the answer to your question. That's craziness. Absolute craziness. I I just I can't see the Orioles staying there, but who knows? <laughs> They've made it this far. Weren't they the worst team in baseball last year? By a lot. 
Hey, man. Adley I don't think Rushman. it was even close. Adley Rushman, man. <laughs> Adley Rushman. Old Adley Rushman. They, they were tied with the Diamondbacks for the worst in baseball last year. Oh, I didn't uh, realize the Mariners won 90 games and still didn't get in the playoffs. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. of the Red Sox. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm aware, Jamie. You're not happy about it. I see. I can tell. I'm aware, Jamie. All right. Any other closing thoughts on the Home Run Derby? I got nothing. Cool. Last. I love the Home Run Derby. Last podium topic. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the World Athletic Championships at all that are taking place in Eugene. <laughs> I did. Yes. Um, hmm. Hometown hero and hurdles favorite. Devin Allen was in the final last night and he got DQ'd from this race for a false start because he was quicker to the gun than the point one allowance. He was still after the gun, but you can't be faster than point one seconds after the gun. He was point zero nine nine seconds. What a dumb fucking rule. faster than the gun or after the gun. That is asinine asinine as it is again i don't watch track and field enough to un, to watch all these rules and understand them but i've never in my wildest dreams fathomed an instance where you are penalized for being too good like not cheating or anything like you literally you your movement started after the gun and you reacted to that and you like and you beat it like it's like when we watch football, right? Like if I'm on the D line, half that game is is count like trying to anticipate count the snap timing yeah. in your head. And I mean that's where I sometimes that's where offsides come into play. You hit called offsides because you jumped the gun, but you're trying to get a little bit of momentum it, going right at the snap. So you're not reacting to that ball. You've it's already a risk started reward, and it yes. should be that in every sport. Yes, and we all talk about like you know. Automated, uh, automated umpires and replay this and replay that. This is where replay is is a giant middle finger f you. One one thousandth of a second. I'm sorry, not even replays catching that bullshit. You robbed one of the best runners in the world of what was likely a, a gold medal performance, if not a world record. So this is an even better argument against the automatic strike zone because it wasn't even the replay that did it. It was a block sensor. So they have sensors in the block to determine when the foot leaves, right? That's, I believe that's how it works. I certainly don't watch enough to be an expert at it. But like, just why is that even a rule? I, I understand that you, like if in theory, like your brain can't calculate the sound of a gunshot and starting faster than a tenth of a second. But who fucking cares? Like you said, Chris, it's. Half the game is the anticipation. You penalizing a guy for being too good, like you said, is just I just I can't believe it. Look at I, Formula One, right? Formula One, it, it, it is encouraged to like it's uh, you get a false start, you know, like it, you get penalized if you yeah. jump the gun. I just I don't get it. Jump the gun though, like, yeah, if yeah. you if you yeah, leave before the, the gun goes off, yes, penalty. Absolutely, penalty. Being disqual and, like, and not okay, even yeah. like I get like if you want to restart the race, okay, you can make that argument to me. Like I, I'll hear that argument. Disqualifying him 
from the final for many race for being too good is unbelievable. Like I just how can track and field defend that? It's like like what if you're watching a major league baseball game, runner on third, sacrifice fly, he tags up, runs home, and then gets called out because Although he left after the ball was caught, he left too That's soon. That's exactly what this is like. <laughs> like, like, what? No, he left. At, like, he literally started his movement and left the block after the starting gun was fired. So I don't. I think it's just crazy to have any rule to make that illegal. That's. Oh, like Jamie said, you know, oh, the human brain, the calculate, the this and that. Okay, cool, because that can't be improved and and worked on. And that's what these people work on. That's what in a sport where the difference between gold and silver is hundredths of a second, you work on your block speed and reacting to the sound and getting out of that thing as fast as humanly possible. And that's what he did. Obviously, about as fast as anyone's ever seen. Look at the, and then got penalized for and it. And if you look at the replay, like oh there's my. a slow motion. I'm trying to find it on Twitter, and I'm probably not going to be able to. But there's a slow motion replay of his start, right? And the guy right next to him, and I'm telling you right now in slow-mo, it's exactly the same. I, you can't tell. And he was disqualified for that. It's ridiculous, man. Yes. Uh, Robert Griffin the third also posted it. Um, and he, he was also I would like to, to say, say he it. was fantastic. Robert Griffin the third, yeah, he was fantastic as an announcer for track and field. Good. I I didn't I I didn't get the chance to listen to it very much. I have liked Robert Griffin the third calling college football games. I will tell you that. Yeah, no, I I thought he was great. Um, he was entertaining. He was not shy about his opinions. I liked him a lot. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't shy about his opinions in college football either. I think it's great and refreshing from an announcer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was. I just think in a sport that's really trying to grow, especially in the U.S., right? And we're finally starting to get like like the U.S. was supposed to sweep the metal, the podium in the 110 meter hurdles last night. That was the whole talk leading up to this event was a U.S. sweep. And the favorite to win it, it gets disqualified for that bullshit? Come on. Yeah, and, like, especially there's people saying, like, oh, he, uh, like, saying that, like, oh, he had, like, a second movement. And I'm trying to find it, and I just can't. And uh, Jordan, Jordan Kent, former Duck and track athlete in his own right, uh, one of the best uh, athletes to ever come through that university. He tweeted as well that I really need to bite my tongue about some of the uh, people that craft the rules and policies for track and field. What happened to Devin Allen tonight skewers the growth of the sport and not a single right-minded person agrees this should be a rule. Um, to also, I heard, I heard a rumor, and maybe maybe you guys can uh, say you heard it too or not, that uh, Devin Allen has actually talked about um, going to the NFL or trying out for the NFL after this. That's, that's not a rumor. He, dude. Signed. he already signed. He signed, he signed a deal yeah, with, the with the Eagles. Yeah, he signed a deal with the Eagles. Yes. I didn't see I, that we had this as a podium topic at one point. I know it. <laughs> I know we've talked about this. Uh, I I know we've talked about it. Yeah, he's with the Eagles. Oh. But I will I say, that he actually uh, to Devin Allen's credit, 
he after the race he did he didn't say anything negative he didn't go on a twitter rampage about how he was cheated his one and only tweet was great job to my boys who took one two the u.s uh took one two in the u.s hurdles u.s back on top that was his tweet and that is just major ultra class in a shitty situation like i don't think i could bite my tongue that much if if i was robbed like that eli oh, you're still you trying to feverishly look I, up <laughs> i like i was just like look at i like for some reason it just like so i when was, was, I was at my i was at it was april 8th i was at my parents house this weekend um and like it came out in the newspaper that maybe it was just saying that he was hopeful and i just like saw the headline oh i think it was saying he was hopeful team. to make the team yeah that must have been it okay i was just like I was like, anyways, I don't remember ever talking about it though. So that's pretty great. Maybe it was on an episode that I wasn't on. It could have been. It could have been when you were in Hawaii. Yeah, could have been nope. for sure. I was in Hawaii in January. Never mind. Couldn't have been then. <laughs> Hawaii in your so here mind. It is. April tenth is episode seventy two. The notes are Masters F one Dwayne Haskin MLB NBA. That's the whole thing. Oof. So we didn't talk about Those it. Those are rough notes. Yeah. That doesn't mean we didn't talk about it. We go on all kinds of tangents on this show. I'm pretty sure we haven't talked about it. Anyways, regardless, doesn't matter. Regardless. All right. Any closing thoughts on Devin Allen bullshit? No, let's right. get to beer. Beer of the week. <laughs> okay. I'm thrown off now. <laughs> Uh, 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 <laughs> beer of the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris was... just watching in amazement of what's happening <laughs> in his ear holes is incredible. This is a cute little, cute little, cute little dance he was doing. All right. Cute what little, you guys got? Head bobble, little head bobble action. I'm going to go first. I have. Out of Astoria, Oregon, from the Bowie Beer Company. Blah! Beer Company. A Czech style. Yeah, business. supporting them after that. Support. That's right. Give them your support after they watch their uh, roof cave that. in. Decent ASMR. Yeah, so I mean, Bowie's a solid beer company. They make. They don't make bad beer. I don't say it's like anything crazy. A little bitter for a pilsner for me. Um, it's not bad. I'll give it a three. Three point two five. Slightly above average. Very slightly above average. Okay. Hey man, I'm going with my Hawaiian theme beers. Pono Brewing, not out of Hawaii though, out of Portland. Just because it's another awesome can. It's just. Ponophobia hazy IPA. Look at that with touches of or. Uh, well, uh-huh. well, phobia is phobia. Pono is righteousness in Hawaiian, and they translate their beer as ponophobia, an abnormal fear of fatigue, especially <laughs> from overworking. <Nice. laughs> That's what they they yeah. Spinning out of control and need some relief? Look no further than ponophobia, our newest hazy IPA. Anyway, let's see how it. Juicy. Oh, it's juicy. What a juicy beer. Mm, that's really good. 
Ooh, that's really, really good. Very light. As I've told you, I'm much more into the hazies. It's got mango, citrus. I can taste it all. This is like a very solid four nice. for me. That's really nice. good. I'm putting this one putting this one on my remember to buy it again list. I'm hyped nice. for Jamie's beer. He's got a real good one this week. In the spirit of getting into college football, which we're talking about next, I have the ultimate tailgate beer, according to the Playbook Podcast Blind Beer Taste Test. Oh, that was circa 2012. That was such a fucking fun episode, <laughs> dude. For those of you who didn't follow us back in that day, uh, back in the, the days of the Playbook Podcast, um, Jamie and I did with a with a friend who had a beer podcast. Um, we sat down and we had his girlfriend serve us cups of beer that she knew what kind of beer it was, but we didn't. And then we ranked them. It was all tailgate beers. Uh, fantastic episode. Um, maybe if we, Jamie, you still might if have that file. If we can find it, I if may you have, have the file, file somewhere. Send it over to me. I'll edit it up real quick. I'll send it out. <laughs> I may have that file somewhere. We'll see if I can dig it up. Yeah, that needs to be a week. A week we uh, a week we take off. Yeah, and it can be just that would be awesome if I That's can smart. find it. Uh, we'll see if I can dig it up. All right, this is drumroll, please. The Coors Banquet beer. The original Coors Banquet original beer. Coors, the Banquet of beer. Oh, that's such a good pop. Yep. Made from as good fresh as it gets. Rocky Mountain Oh, water. and by the way, the result of that episode, if we can't find it, was unanimous among the three of us that Coors Original is the king of tailgate beers. Yes. Um it was it was funny though I remember because we were all kind of drinking and we had a lot of trouble with every single other beer except for Coors Heavy. We all were like, "Yep, know this one. This is the banquet beer." My my, my friends yep. like yep. immediately like even like Coors Light <laughs> we're like, "Ah, it could be Bud Light, it could be PBR, yeah, the Rolling yada. Rock." Uh, and I, I'm trying to remember what was the what was the lowest one? Do you remember? Rolling Rock came in was it last. Rolling Rock? I thought that was, yeah. and then PBR, and then Bud Light, and then Coors Light, and then Budweiser, and then Coors. That's right. That's right. So it was a fun episode. Coors Banquet. I want to say it. This is more than a three. As a tailgate beer, this is a five star. Obviously, it won. Hands mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go 3.5. There's just there's just nothing quite like Coors I Banquet. Do, you know the funny thing is is like I had a PBR the other day at my buddy's house. I like it, man. It's not a bad beer. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, like people I, say it's oh, it's such shitty beer. It's like whatever. It tastes good. Don't be a snoot. Hot it, summer no day, yeah. it tastes good, baby. Exactly, like, exactly. This and the bullet, which I have next. I have a Coors Latte <laughs> next. Um, Coors Light's my my current go-to. Like at a Rockies game, if I'm done drinking the heavy right field red, I'm going to a latte. That's yeah. like oh, that's yeah. what Coors I'm latte, that's what baby. I'm drinking on the golf course. Coors but, Lots, baby. Oh yeah, all day, all day. Yes, mm. but get a Bloody Mary on the first tee box, followed by a bunch of Coors Light. 
in a uh, high score, baby. Mm. That it is funny how different beers for different moments. Because when I, if I'm at the ballpark, I like oh, there a that is hat. so it's just good. just a hits the spot. Yeah. But but a Coors Light is untouchable. Yeah, it's untouchable. We <laughs> like, I pretty much <laughs> my group pretty much always buys out the car girl of Coors Lights by the end of the <laughs> round. There's a there's an annual tournament held by uh, put on by a friend of ours and it's called the C Dash, which is uh, what is it? Club down and swing harder. Yep. Um, and uh, it's it's a ruckus good time and um, it's basically drink as much as you can with a little golf sprinkled in. Yeah, yeah. There's like some random golf betting in there, but fuck if I can remember what it means because it's <laughs> shit, dude. By the end of it, because you play 36 holes in the heat. It's oh man, so fun! But I was like, by the end of it, you're just drunk and tired. And you had come from Oregon up to altitude, so you yeah, were just last time. you were toasty. I was, I was. <laughs> yes, sir, <laughs> you do. Yes, yeah. sir, you do. But it's a fun little tournament. Um, I, I'm going to miss it this year, which is unfortunate. But maybe so next am year. I. Sad. That's what sucks. Yeah, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be at my buddy's bachelor party, actually up in Seattle, so up in your guys' neck of the woods, but. Anyway, Yellow Jacket, Coors Banquet, the OG, hard to beat, 3.5. Really good beer. Fresh Rocky Mountain spring water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, college football. Before we get into our ACC preview, news dropped tonight right before we recorded that the Big 12 and Pac-12 will not partner as talks officially end. Does this surprise you guys? Did you see this as a route that you wanted to these leagues to go? Uh, is this just kind of meh to you? I, Where do you fall on this? I saw it as an option. Um, I, it was pretty low on the list of um, viable options, in my opinion, because any sort of merger would mean essentially like you'd have to either create a new name, you know, or like neither conference is going to want to fold. Right, they're going to be like, oh well, the pack, the pack ten's been around longer, or whatever, <coughs> so that we should keep that name, and well, we're the ones who can save your ass. Yeah, like there's no leverage in either of their arguments there, right? Um, and so I, I mean, I'm not surprised it fell through, and I, I like honestly, it's like whatever. I don't really at this point, it's 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 a moot point if they merged or not, Chris. Yeah, I think I'm not I'm not shocked. I think the only I think. The Pac-12 specifically at this point has to do its due diligence and not rush to anything because I don't think the Big Ten expansion is done by any means. And so I think they're still going to try to poach a couple teams um, again within the next few years. And if you're the Pac-12, I think you want to make sure that if that is to happen, you are on your absolute best footing for 2025 and 2026 and beyond, not just looking like in this short window and, and, you know, Oh, that's the first person that knocked on my door. That's, that's the salesperson I got to listen to. So yeah, I'm not shocked at all. The, uh, the idea that the, the negotiations are done is again, that's just <laughs> negotiations are done for now. You know, yeah. For now. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely. For now. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the case. And to agree with Eli, I think that, I think the big 12, sees value in its brand. And I think the PAC 12, even without USC and UCLA moving forward, 
sees value in its brand. And I don't think either one of them wants to give that up at this moment to, to merge together, to create something that is neither of those conferences, so to speak. So yeah, I think still plenty to come, but yeah, yeah, there's also now, reports today, Chris, I think you sent it to us that Notre Dame's trying to get NBC to agree to a $75 million contract to remain independent. That's a $75 yeah. million annual Which, deal. I, I don't know how you would no pass that potatoes. up if you're Notre Dame, but I don't know that they'll get that. And NBC, NBC fucking loves Notre Dame for some reason. I, just, I don't get it. I don't get the overall love that NBC has for Notre Dame. But to the point, we are in, we, we've had lots of talks about markets, right? Okay, so I worked for NBC Sports Northwest in the Portland market, which is, you know, a key demo for the Oregon Ducks. And because we had an NBC regional, they played, they played Notre Dame games on that channel. And Notre Dame pre-shows and Notre Dame post-shows and Notre Dame weekly shows. And it was the same for the other regionals, like the, uh, like the NBC sports in San Francisco where they have uh, Stanford and Cal and uh, you know, a big, big presence there. Nope. They're going to play Notre Dame, NBC sports, Philadelphia. We're going to play Notre Dame games. And, and they oh, haven't NBC won loves them. Some Notre Dame bowl game since 2007 plus. Yeah. It's, Kind of ridiculous. It they doesn't have, they, make a lot of sense. They but. really, in the grand scheme of things, have not been all that relevant over the last 20, 30 years. A few splashes in the bucket, but yeah. That brand yeah. is just... It's yeah. so yeah, That crazy. brand is just so huge, It though, is dude. so big. It's crazy. And, it, I mean, Notre Dame is like the in and out of college sports. Like, it needs, it needs no commercials. It's it overrated. needs no marketing. People just know... <laughs> <laughs> it's not hey, bad. I it's like not it, bad. Bro, I like bro. I'm not saying I'm not a uh-huh. hater of In and Out, but it is like it's not this godsend that all the Californians have hooked it up to be. Here, here's here's my here's my <laughs> deal as we go on this tangent. I am a lover. I am a lover of the In and Out. But but I don't know if there is a more inconsistent fast food brand than In and Out. Because I can go and the burger can be one of the best I've ever had, and then I can yep. go the next for week and sure. it can be one of the worst for fast sure. food burgers I've, had I've it, ever had. I've had, had it probably four or oh. five times now, and every time it's been like very like, oh, okay, this is a fast food burger. Like there's, no, I, I don't find anything special about it. It has really good sauce. That's you know, the sauce is good. Their fries are trash. Their f- fries are pretty bad. Their fries are trash. You want to know? You want to know how good Notre Dame football is and how relevant they are? They exactly. got us on a fucking in and out burger. <laughs> um, and it's also going to be a nice little segue here into our ACC preview because we are going to talk about Notre Dame because they're kind of half in the ACC scheduling wise, at least. All right. Uh, just like every other, we're going to go um, alphabetically through the ACC, kind of give our final. Uh, record predictions and then talk about them if we need to so kicking us off in the acc we have the boston college eagles eli what you think yeah so i think boston college is one of those teams that's just like they're just not they're getting better they're just not there yet um they're not very good yet um so i have them going four and eight Uh, yeah um you know their schedule isn't the easiest in the world. Um, 
but I have them. Uh, I guess let me let me talk about their wins here. Um, I have them beating Syracuse, and I have them beating uh, winning their three non conference games. So Rutgers, Maine, yes. and UConn are their yeah. non conference games. All right, I have them at five and seven, with the one additional win being over Duke. That's fair. Other than that, I That's have fair. the exact same. Chris? Uh, yeah. I have them at four and eight as well, which I feel like that sounds weird because that's a bad year. <laughs> they really Boston are. Yeah, that's exactly. Are that's the best way to the put most that consistent for sure. mediocre teams in college football. <laughs> like so so putting them putting them below they have a six tough, wins just feels ACC dirty. Stretch. But I just don't think they're very good this year. Um they play they play pretty much every top ACC team. So mm-hmm. that, that's a tough sled. Um all right, moving on to Clemson, Eli. Um, Will the Tigers make a comeback this year? I think yes and no. Um, this was this is kind of there was a there was a couple surprises in here for me uh, in the ACC especially. Uh, we'll get to that one later, um, but I think I think they'll have a better season than they did last season. I think that was an anomaly. Um, you know they still recruit like fucking bonanzas, but. Um, like I, I, I like I still see them losing games, right? I don't see them being as good as they were even three years ago, two years ago, even. Um, so I have them at ten and two. Um, I have them uh, beating, or I have them losing to NC State and Notre Dame are the only two losses I have them at. That's fair. Uh, I have them at eleven and one. The one loss being to NC State. Oh, you have them beating Notre Dame. I do have them beating I like Notre that. Dame. I like that. Well, <laughs> gents, I love Clemson because we're all going in different directions here. I have a bounce back year from Clemson. I I think that talent-wise, they're still one of the best teams in the country. Last year, like Eli said, was an anomaly. Uh, I look at the schedule and I'm like, okay, that's easy. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. Huh, toss up. Toss up, but easy, easy. Like it's not incredibly hard. Um, and the defense was a top ten defense Oof. last year. I, could, I have been I rebounding, and I have. I just going like I. I just I don't know. I I don't see them being undefeated. I, I, I have like a lot. Here's the problem. I don't think here's DJ the problem with the ACC. is the guy to go undefeated with. Here's here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna disclaimer Clemson here, and really the ACC in a whole. I think the ACC is pretty bad top to bottom. But the teams at the top, I think, are going to be pretty good record-wise because it's a soft conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, those, yes, those top Clem- three or have four teams have a lot of really easy wins on their schedule. Right. And, you know, like we all have them at ten, like two losses or better, right, which is potential playoff berth for all three of those scenarios. And... I don't think that they do anything in the playoff if no. they make it to. The I don't playoff. think any of the teams in the ACC are good Correct. enough to get anywhere in playoffs. All right, we're going from potentially the top of the ACC there in Clemson to potentially the bottom, at least in my opinion, with Duke. So I need to look at the schedule one more time, because um, I have them. You said the bottom, but I have them at four and eight. 
That would be impressive. Last year they were uh three and nine with all three of their wins uh, coming see, here's out of why. conference. Two of them, two of their wins I see coming from playing at Temple, which is probably the worst team in college football this year. Yeah. Um, and then North Carolina A and T. If they lose that game, they should lose their everything. They should not be a program anymore. They should get relegated. Correct. If now, what are game. the other two wins? Uh, I have? have them beating Boston College. I have that kind of as a fluky thing, right? Like That would be fluky. Yeah, and then I also have them beating Virginia Tech, and I couldn't tell you why. I just have it there. <laughs> I, don't, I, I literally couldn't tell you why. I don't even remember putting that in there. So Something's up with our thing again because they have four non-conference games and I only have three on here. But regardless, I still only have them winning two games. I have them going two and ten. Uh, the two wins being Temple and North Carolina A&T. I think they will lose to Kansas. I think they'll lose to Northwestern and I think they do not beat any ACC teams. For the second year in a row. Okay. Yep. So I have Duke going two and ten with a very embarrassing loss to Kansas. Although Kansas did beat Texas last year, so they have that. Chris, hey, we're gonna do a little bit of a, a of a redo here because after listening to you guys talk, I'm like, why did I have this set up? That was stupid. Because for some reason, I had I had uh, Duke beating Boston College, and that's just not going to happen. So Boston College, I have at five and seven, not four and eight, and that puts Duke <laughs> at. I'm with uh, Jamie here, two and ten because Fair. good. That yep, that's pretty much sucks. all you can say about that one. All right, Duke's going to be bad next. Florida State. This is one of the more intriguing college football teams going into this season. For me, how do you guys see Florida State shaking out? Um, uh, I think they're going to be very mediocre again. I I don't see them having that quick of a turnaround. The recruiting has been okay. Like they've had some, like they've gotten some decent guys. I just I think I think the turnaround is going to take longer than a lot of people want it to. Um, I have them going five and seven. Yes, I have them losing to Clemson. I have them losing to Louisville. I have them losing to Miami, NC State, um, Wake Forest. And then I also have them losing to the Raging Cajuns, my guys. Because they always, without fail, almost always, lose that weird random game. Do you have them beating LSU? Yeah, I don't think LSU is going to be very good. Wow. I I genuinely don't think LSU is going to be very good. Wow. I am not a Brian Kelly fan. I don't think he is a very good coach. Oh, I, I think Notre Dame could have been I think I think they're better off with Marcus Freeman. I I don't think they were bad last year. I don't think Brian Kelly's the guy who's going to bring them from the abyss. I just don't think they're going to be good. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Chris. Or uh I guess I go next in this <laughs> week. I have them at seven and five, and it's not because I think they're good. Um, I just think they're probably going to win the games they're supposed to win this year and lose the games they're supposed to lose, and that's how this schedule shook out for me. Uh, the exception to that rule is I have Florida State upsetting Miami because that just feels to me like your classic Mario Cristobal choke job. 
<laughs> I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris. Uh I am at six and six. Um, I don't have them beating LSU, but I have them beating Wake Forest. Uh, I think Florida State is That's in a really interesting spot up. right now yeah. because they're not as bad as they have been, but they're not as good as they have been. And this is going to be one of those years that I think can really set the the trajectory for them moving forward. And even if they finish at six and six or worse, like it's one of the, it, as long as they're competitive and they look like a good team, I think it can set the momentum back to, to maybe getting the Seminoles back where they need to be. Cause they're not there right now, but I have them middle of the road. Yep. All right. Georgia tech. Eli, uh, Georgia tech's not a good team. There's not, um, Facts. they have a pretty <laughs> tough schedule. Uh, so those also two facts. things, I have them going three and nine this year. Uh, their wins are against Duke, um, Virginia, and one of their out of conference games, which I don't have up right now. Probably Western Carolina. Probably Western Carolina. Because that's the exact <laughs> result that I have. Oh, nice <laughs> for Georgia Tech. Exactly the same, Chris. Hey, I actually have a little better than that. I'm at five and seven, but mainly that's because I don't think Pitt's that good now that they lost a stud quarterback. And I'm upset that Jamie beat me to it, but I think Georgia Tech is the perfect Mario Cristobal <laughs> loss game. Like a team that just runs an option, like we're going to run, 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 and try to destroy you at the line of scrimmage. Hello, Oregon losing Stanford, to Stanford. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I feel the, the random Miami <laughs> Totally fair. Is. Totally fair. Totally fair. All right. Uh, Louisville. Louisville, I have them, I think, uh, as appropriately placed as I could, um, as completely middle of the road. Um, <laughs> like, they've had some good seasons. They've had a lot of really good quarterbacks come out of there. Um, they're going to be very mediocre. I have them at six and six. I have them at the same. Okay. Seven and five, so close enough to yep. move on. <laughs> not a lot to say about yeah. Louisville. Really, there's really not a lot to talk about there. All right, Miami, Miami, um, Miami. I have Miami having a pretty good season, not fantastic. I think uh, again, like Mario Cristobal is, a, we've established he's a great coach. Uh, maybe not as much X's and O's wise, but really good elsewhere. Um, or yeah, recruiting, recruiting, for fantastic example. recruiter. Maybe not so great in game. Not X's and O's in game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Correct. And so I have him having his uh really bad loss on there as well. Uh, but I have him going nine and three. Um, I have their uh, I have them losing to Clemson as we already talked about. I have them losing to Texas A and M early season, and I have them losing to UNC. In their really bad loss game. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I have two really bad losses because I have them at eight and four. I also have those same losses that Eli has on top of the Florida State loss. All right. Yep. I have them at nine and three, just summoned in UNC for Georgia Tech. I think it's going to be a really good year for Miami. I think Cristobal is the guy. I mean, I know Oregon fan wants to crap on him a little bit, uh, 
But when it comes to perfect coach, perfect school, perfect fit, I don't think there's a better one. And the recruiting's already been an uptick there. They already had the talent. Manny Diaz kind of had the team going in the right direction. And remember, for for the the loyal listeners, so Torsten, um, <laughs> I'm a Miami guy. I love I love Miami. I-, I love Miami. I've always loved Miami. If it wasn't you know for the fact that out of state tuition cost an arm and a leg, I would I would have loved to go there. It was one of my top schools uh, when I went to college. Um, but Manny Diaz had him playing well, just not well enough. But the talent's there. And if Crystal is going to build on that talent, they can be really good. But you're going to get the same thing that we saw at Oregon. And that's these random losses and, and you know, not completely filling up your potential. But if they go nine and three or even eight and four, as you guys alluded to, jumping off a seven and five season, like, again, momentum's yeah. in the right I, I, th- I think they're a building program for sure. Agreed. Agreed. All right. NC State Wolfpack. So this is my most surprising one for me because, like I said, again, I'll, I'll tell the listener, I filled it all out without taking out the games they don't play, which has sometimes led to us, me having the wrong thing in here. But that's how <laughs> I did it. I filled it out and then I deleted the ones that were uh, I took like that I just took out. And it took out NC State's uh, all of their losses <laughs> um, when I did this. And so I and I just stuck with it. I have NC State going undefeated. I think they were a good team last year. I think they're they got better, um, and I I don't I guess like they just I I have them doing that. I like they their schedule is not super difficult. They miss Notre Dame. They miss Pitt. Um, you know they I, I have them beating Clemson. Um, but yeah, so I have them going undefeated, which was surprising to me. But I'm going to stick with it. Even more surprising, I also have them going undefeated. Nice. Uh, the the coin flip game there is Clemson, and yes, it's at absolutely. Clemson, so that's the one that's difficult. Um, I, it's a very very favorable schedule. They miss the t- most of the top half of the ACC. Uh, the toughest games they have on here are Clemson and Wake Forest. Yeah, and there are four out of conference. So, uh, game kind of team which is frustrating but they are and i, I just, yeah and they have texas tech in there but texas tech is nothing to write home about no. these days connecticut's gonna be um, one of the worst teams in football you yeah know, and, then, and then they play an fcs school in charleston southern and eastern and carolina, eastern carolina. Oh, no, i was gonna say they don't play washington <laughs> well, washington's not the only fcs school <laughs> <laughs> they're just one of them Chris, where do you see the wolf pack and then Hey man, I thought you were here's <laughs> No, here's here, here's the thing. Uh I have them at eleven and one because I have Clemson going undefeated. So I have them losing that game. The only thing with NC State is uh I think you guys sound a little higher on them than I am. Uh, I don't think they're an eleven and one team. That is a cupcake of a schedule. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where I was going. Like, with yeah, I don't think they got Clemson, schedule. but right. Yeah, so I think uh, in one article I read, I don't know if it's updated. So this was in uh, this article I have up was in June, so it's still a, a few weeks old. Uh, but the over under on them was eight and a half, and it's like if their schedule was a little more balanced, I think that's kind of right where they are. I'd probably put them as yeah. like an eight win team in a balanced schedule. Uh, but this thing shakes out for them to have a very good year with that schedule. So yeah, I have them at eleven and one. Agreed. All right. North Carolina Tar Heels. 
North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about them. Um, I just like uh, let's see, they have a decently easy schedule. Um, I guess not too much, but um, I have them going eight and four, which is you know kind of surprising. But um, I have them, so I obviously I have them beating Miami because that was my you know upset pick essentially. Um, the other one is I have them losing to App State because App State is good for one of those <laughs> a year. It seems like so. I have them losing to App State because that would be that's massive. The, that's the one a year, man. App State loves to upset people. They love to do <laughs> that. So I'm just gonna I'm just going for it. All right, I'm cracking my bullet, and I also have UNC going eight and four, but I do not have them losing to App State. <laughs> um, I do have them beating Miami, as we talked about. Uh, the losses I have in here are Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, NC State. So kind of the games you'd expect them to lose. Virginia Tech and UNC, to me, are kind of a coin flip. They're kind of in the same boat, uh, if you will. So that game, to me, is total coin toss. Other than that, this is a pretty cupcake schedule. Their three non-conference games are a joke. Um, yes, they are. So... Three guaranteed wins there, and then uh, five conference wins sounds about right with the bottom half of the ACC being what it is. And I think Mac Brown's a great coach. Mac Brown's awesome. UNC cupcake schedule, eight and four. Across the board. Basically what you just said, I just have them, uh, you know, my, my, I have Miami beating them. They're not beating Miami, and they're definitely not losing to App State. Um, <laughs> you so know, here's the thing. They, they said that when they, when they went to play Michigan, too. My man, I got uh, I got them losing to to uh, Notre Dame, MC State, Miami, and Wake Forest. Um, so gotcha. Fun for them. Fun fact, though, they get to play at Georgia State, which for all you baseball nuts who don't know, they play in the old Turner Field, former home with the Atlanta Braves. Wow, huh. that's pretty cool. Which, actually. which I'm not going to bullshit you, Jamie. I did not know until I was in. Atlanta for a blazer hot game and we had an off day. So I took a walk because uh, old Turner field was about two, two miles away from my hotel maybe. So I took the walk, found it and I'm like, why is all this Georgia state stuff around? And I look, yeah, they turned it into a bit. Ba- like it still looks like a baseball stadium from the outside, but they play their, their football games there. And then old Ful- Fulton County stadiums now a parking lot, but you can, they still have the wall in the parking lot where Hank Aaron hit his historic. That's pretty cool. Major league record home run, which is pretty dope. Um, Atlanta is a pretty cool city for baseball if you get a chance to go there. But yeah, they turn turn it rather than demolish a historic stadium like Turner Field, turn it into a little football venue. How about that? State. They also play at App State, which I find very interesting. App State has beautiful facilities, though. Oh, no doubt about it. it has some of the most gorgeous facilities in the country. It's insane. But um, all right, we all have them at eight and four. On to the dreaded Notre Dame schedule. Yeah, their schedule. Um, I have them going 10 and 2, and it made me so fucking mad when I was putting it in. <laughs> because like like Chris has said a couple times during our previous, I don't think they're a 10 and 2 team. I like Marcus Freeman as a coach. I don't think they're going to be there quite yet. Um I think they lose to Ohio State and USC. 
Those are those are my two. Um, I have them going nine and three. That's because I have Clemson beating them. Yeah. Other than that, I have them losing to Ohio State and Clemson as what or Clemson, Ohio State, and USC. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the rest of this is it just it's not a tough schedule. Yep. Um, there are there are a few games in here that are potential upsets. BYU is in there. It's a tough team. Um, but other than that, you know, they play Stanford, who's down. UNLV, Navy, Cal. Like it's just it not sets a tough up very schedule. very good for favorably Stanford, yeah. for Notre Dame. Or that's what I mean. Yeah. Notre I have I have Chris. USC beating them because it's the last game of the year, and I think USC at that point will be firing on all cylinders, um, and so I think they're gonna. I I think it could be a kind of an ugly game almost. I don't know. USC still can't play defense, but go ahead, Chris. Uh, yeah. So I have Notre Dame at nine and three as well. I think if that USC game were at Notre Dame, I'd pick Notre Dame in a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> but. I think it's that kind of game that, yeah, you can definitely hiccup there end of the year, just like Eli said. And then, of course, Ohio State, because we have I have them going undefeated, according to uh, our our Big Ten breakdown. And then again, I have Clemson going undefeated. So can't lose to Notre Dame and go undefeated at the same time. <laughs> so Notre Dame, nine and three. All right. Pitt Panthers, Eli. The Pitt Panthers um, is very much a team that is not going to be nearly as good as they were last year. However, they have an absolute cupcake schedule, and so I have them going 9-3. and three. I have the same thing, and I have literally notes under here that says cupcake schedule because, <laughs> I mean, we talked about UNC having an easy road. This is a This joke might be the, the easiest schedule. road in NCAA football. Yeah. Uh, genuinely. Well, friends. So dramatic. Welcome You're back so to dramatic. reality if you are a pit, <laughs> pit Panther. Welcome back to reality. You had a great, great year last year, 11-3, and three, because you had one hell of a quarterback. But I want to tell you something, guys. You want to know when the last time Pitt had an 11-win season prior to last year was? Take a wild guess. 1973. Back when Fitz was there. Y'all were close. 1981. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. This team historically is about a six win team. And that's Ooh, where I have six, six and six. <laughs> College football is a very, very interesting sport in the fact that, unlike the NFL, you can have a great, 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 great quarterback in the NFL. But if he doesn't have pieces around him, he's still going to struggle. Like he's going to get you wins, but he's still, he like, he's not going to single handedly win you games every single week. College football, that happens. And that's what happened last year with Pitt. Slap back to reality for the old fan. I'm changing mine to eight and four with an additional loss to West Virginia to start the season. That's why I, I have West Virginia as a loss as well. I don't. I don't think West Virginia is going to be very good. All right. Moving to Syracuse. Syracuse. Eli. Uh, Syracuse to me is the worst team in the conference. Um, (laughs) again, it's, they're just, they're a basketball school and it shows, um, (laughs) uh, I have them going two and 10, um, with wins uh, out of conference. 
No wins in conference. I have them going four and eight. Um, I'm trying to see. I have them beating Virginia. That's it in conference. I have them winning all their out-of-conference games and beating Virginia in kind of a toss-up weird game that is at home. So I picked Syracuse. But I could easily see a scenario where they go 2-10. and ten. Chris? Well, I'm with Eli here. Full 2-10. and ten. Worst team in the conference. Good thing they have basketball. <laughs> so who's worse, them or Duke? Because you have Duke going 2-10 and ten also. Mm, well... It's bullshit that they don't play each other. <laughs> but if they did play each other this year in honor of Mike Krzyzewski retiring, Duke would win. So Syracuse is the worst team. In yeah, see, I think Syracuse would this be conference, Duke. Excuse me. I think Duke is very, very bad. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Virginia. Eli? Virginia, I think, is a not a great team. Um but I have them kind of eking out a win they shouldn't win necessarily. I have them going five and seven. Um, I have them losing to Coastal Carolina. Uh, I, I guess I should probably tell you their wins. Um, I have them winning three of their non-conference games that are not Coastal Carolina and uh, Duke. And Syracuse. As we just talked about. I was going to say, that's four. <laughs> As we just <laughs> talked about Syracuse. <laughs> uh, I have them at four and eight um, with them beating Duke. I think I have a five and seven schedule, the exact same as Eli. Neat. All right. Virginia Tech Hokies, arguably one of the best interest, uh, entrances in college football. Yes, very cool. Um, I have them. Uh, they have, may, may have one of the best entrances, but they're going to be a very medium team. And I have them rightfully at six and six. <laughs> Again, like they're just, uh, no, I don't think any of the teams in the ACC are that great. Um, so I, I just think they're a middle of the road ACC team. I have them uh, losing to West Virginia, Pitt, UNC, NC State, Miami, and Duke. Uh, I have them at eight and four with the four losses being to West Virginia, Pitt, NC State, and Miami. But again, this is kind of a meh team in a down ACC. So eight and four is kind of the ceiling, I would Mm -hmm. say. Six and six, I could easily see happening. Yeah, I have my eight and four and I want to, I'm going to agree with what you said. I think with the way this conference is, I think eight and four is their ceiling. Absolutely. And then those four losses being uh, Miami, NC State, UNC, and Pitt. All right. And round it out with Wake Forest. Uh, I like what they're doing in Wake Forest. Um, however, they're still not that elite team. You know, they're still not the, the upper echelon team. Um, so I have them losing games uh, that they should lose. And then one other because, you know, it's – it's they're still not quite that that team that is going to win all the games they should win. Um, so I have them losing to Clemson, as we per, uh, previously talked about. I have them losing to Louisville, and I have them losing to NC State. They have a pretty easy schedule so overall as well. So, so nine and three. I also have them nine and three. Uh, swap Louisville with Florida State for me. 
I'm at eight and four because I have them losing to both Louisville and Florida. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Again, could see that happening pretty easily. All right. That's the ACC. So this would create a Clemson NC State ACC championship game. I think they're in different divisions, right? Hold the negative. Phone. They're in the same Crap. division. It would be the. This would be. Well, at least according to my standings, would be a Clemson-Miami. So mine would be NC State-Miami then. All right. Any closing thoughts on the ACC? I I think this conference drives me nuts because they always get a team to the playoff, and they always suck. The whole conference just sucks. Like, I think the Pac-12, top to bottom, is a better conference than the ACC. And the Pac-12 is even down. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think Pac-12 is probably the fourth best of the Power yeah. Five. <laughs> I just think the ACC is terrible. Well, it's like, I mean, I mean, I know you guys, we, we pick on the running shtick here and my love for David Shaw, but it's like Stanford was awful, awful. And you can't tell me that Stanford's worse than Duke. You can't tell me Stanford, that Stanford's, Stanford's worse a 500 than Syracuse. Team in this conference. Yeah, that's in what I'm ACC, saying. Like, yeah. yeah. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. And so, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's funny because that, that's to me. This is where uh, strong, strong East Coast bias comes in because oh you, God, you never get those same so narratives sad. on the ACC that you do on the yeah, pack. It's crazy. And yeah, uh, the the worst teams in the pack are not like. I mean, if you put again, you put Cal, you put Arizona in there. I don't think they're going two and ten. So. But Colorado in yeah. there, you had Colorado to intend the pack. They're not to intend the ACC. Especially I would agree. Especially with four non-conference games. <laughs> especially with four non-conference games. It's frustrating. I hate that shit so much. Um, so, anyway, ACC sucks. Let's move on to some Formula One. <laughs> we got the, the end of the summer break coming up this weekend with the French French Grand Prix taking place what do you guys think's gonna happen that was terrible english what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> this weekend oh boy um so statistically uh france is one of the faster tracks one of the top third track in top end speed um when i see that i immediately think of um red bull However, I think the Mercedes cars have started to make that corner. I think we've you guys have talked about it every week that you think this is the week. This is the week. I am officially jumping on the Mercedes bandwagon this week, except I think it's going to be George Russell. Oh, that's so gross. Mm hmm. (laughs) I know. I, I know that's just what I think this week. No, I hope you're fucking wrong. I do, too. I know you hate him, but... God, I don't know why, (laughs) listener. I don't know why I don't like that man. I just don't like him. Chris, who's going to win? The French Grand Prix. The French Grand Prix. Uh, I will agree with Eli. In fact, the Mercedes has been picking up 
speed on these cars however the the speed they've been picking up in the track is a lot to do with uh, their handling through the corner so i don't think it's on the top end as much as you know anything else i look at a course like this and i'm like oh sweet nice straightaway little turn nice straightaway little turn nice straightaway and my brain as much as i hate to say it because you know i've been on the mercedes bandwagon goes oh max verstappen (laughs) the red bulls have had um, a lot of issues lately with uh, reliability of their vehicle. Uh, if everything goes flawless this weekend, I think Chris is right. This this track and this race is set up for Max Verstappen to just absolutely light up everybody. Um, however, I don't think that Red Bull is going to hold up. For whatever reason, not whatever reason, it just it consistently hasn't. I think the winner of this race is coming from the second row. So it's coming from P3 or P4. And I am going to predict that Carlos Sainz wins the French Grand Prix. All right. With a potential DNF from both uh, Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, who I think will be P1 and P2, as they usually are. That's my prediction. I dig. I dig. All three of those would be fun, except for Max. That one wouldn't be fun. So two of the three of ours would be fun. <laughs> I know. I, I felt dirty picking it. I, I don't. I really don't have anything against Max Verstappen. It's just like, I'm so used to it now. It's just that you're just rooting for something different. No, it's that's like rooting against I love Alabama. I like you, don't, you don't necessarily hate Alabama. You just don't want them to win fucking again. Yeah. You want to see some parody, boys. That is a dirty <laughs> five-letter word on this show. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> Throwback. Six letters. Dirty word. It's six letters. <laughs> dirty six-letter word. <laughs> All right. Jamie, I think it's your buzzer beater, yeah? Is it my buzzer beater? I think so. All right. Listener, we love you. Thanks for being here and hanging out with us as we yell at each other about college football and get just buckling because it's going to just get worse as the season gets closer. Um, if you could share with your friends that we're doing this stupid little thing, that'd be great. We love you for that. Um, but, you know, if you're just if you just want to go along for the ride, that's also cool. One thing I do require of you is that you go hype up Zeta Jim. Because they are letting us use their music for free. And uh, that's pretty dope of them. So if you can go hype them up, um, that'd be awesome. Do that for us. Um, and with that, J Bum, hit us with that buzzer beat turf. Buzzer beater. For the week is the ACC sucks. <laughs> <laughs>